Igawaur acknowledges the traditional owners of the land upon which we record, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Good evening, everybody. I'm Good Brother. And I'm Will Silky. Welcome to Ego Hour. Online. The show where we deliver objectively true reviews. Online. Online. <laughs> Anything you say in this podcast may be digitized and uploaded. <laughs> These reviews are non negotiable, non refundable, and nondescript. So, let's talk about Chicken Run. Wait, did I not say my line? Oh, I didn't say anything said. Okay, I let's think just we, do this. we nailed it. It's it's good. Keep going. Chicken Run released on the twenty third of June two thousand in the US. Chicken Run, also known by its alternative release title Animal Farm, but with capitalist ideas, is the story of a chicken collective who must escape a British farm or face death by pie. Directed by Peter Lord and Nick Park, aka Ardman Animations. The film was made on a budget of $45 million and grossed $224.8 million, which, for those keeping score, is just 100k less than The Social Network. Clucking in with a runtime of 84 minutes, the film may just leave you wondering, what would Mrs. Tweedy do after she killed all of her chickens and main source of income? Did you say clucking in? I sure did. Uh, I absolutely did. Uh, Can we just make sure that's on the record over there? Yeah. Scratch that. Replace. Objection. All right. Um, Let's go. So, uh, do we check? We're online, as you probably guessed from the intro. We're zooming. Mm. Yep. And I love it. First online pod in a long time. And it's interesting. I like... The camera works a lot better online. If these um, clips ever get released for some sort of future dig-up um, documentary eul- behind video the eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> the death of the ego hour pod presented by at and too, too big to fail too small to succeed <laughs> um, um yeah check it in i guess let's do the check-in hey girl i know it's been a while but uh, i just need to ask you something I'm good. I'm. There's. It's kind of cold season around, and but it's muggy. I'm wary, but I'm good. It's muggy I'm over here. Are you muggy? Yeah, yeah. I was wearing shorts and then trackies. It was too hot for trackies. That sort of nonsense. You know what's an interesting exercise is like checking how many logs there are on on Letterbox for any given film you're reviewing. Have a guess for Chicken mm-hmm. Run. Can you give me a reference? Like, can you give me another film? All right, let's do Social Network, and then you can do Chicken Run. How about that? Yeah. So, Social Network has 755k. Guess what Chicken Run is? I'm going to guess 1.2 mil. No. <laughs> 248k. Oh, what? Which, which I thought was quite... Sorry, there's lots of yeah, tooting going on outside. there's some angry drivers near Which you. I thought was significant. Well, a substantial amount of people, but I should have picked a film that had less. Okay. Anyway. But okay, I'm gonna be a chicken run to Chicken Little. Chicken Little, guess how many chicken oh Chicken Little has two hundred ten K, okay. So whatever same. I'm trying to prove here, it might be up in the air. Yeah, I really don't Chick- understand what the point of this is. 
Well, I think sometimes you look them up and you're surprised with how much it's been logged versus how much has not been logged. Okay. Like you can imagine something like Joker has got like logged a lot. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. But it would also work towards the medium. Like it would, the timelines would align because as Letterboxd gets more popular though. Yeah. I think 248K for a 2003 movie. 2000. Whatever. Were you listening? Two th- uh, sorry. No, obviously not. I was clucked out. <laughs> I, I think that 2000. <laughs> movie like animated movie it's a pretty decent show in yeah i well, mean this movie ca- it's a cult classic, it's on people's though. minds yeah is it explain people like it everyone you talk to likes this it has high reviews on the internet it was crazy successful 224 million dollars did you hear me say that that is like yeah that's real shit and it's a movie made of plasticine that's crazy like yeah. if there if something ever justified putting in the amount of effort that a stop motion film makes it's that that's crazy. It's very interesting because I think that maybe like nowadays animated characters don't look, they look more attractive than the chickens in this movie look. <laughs> like the chickens oh. don't easily lend themselves to they're like merchandise. They're not sexualized is that what you mean? Well, no, I was, no, they're thick as. <laughs> I mean like. <laughs> God. I, that's what, it, kind of my point is like, you know, you get a toy of like the chicken character. The we have one. Characters, and and they're you, just like. Do you this know this? weird shape. We have a Rocky toy. I, yeah, but Rocky's like, you know, the handsome dude. But I distinctly remember getting it from um, a car sale near our house when I was younger. It would have been like two bucks or something. Bargain. Yeah, but Ardman, Ardman kind of hit too early. Like, Ardman, if it was hit now, would be merch everywhere. And I know it exists, but their iconic characters happened a bit. Like, obviously, you know, as I expressed in the intro, capitalism was well and truly being promoted by this film and around this film's release. Um, but that's a joke. If you weren't looking at your phone, you would have laughed. In the merchandising era, this film would have done even better, I guess. But th- what uh, that's what I'm saying is that they're not like... The character design is like funny and endearing, I reckon. But mm. I don't think it necessarily lends itself to consumerism. But I could be wrong. I think you're wrong. I think that, because, okay, so we'll, we'll, actually, I have two options for how we want to lead into this pod. Do you want to hear about Chicken Run 2, or do you want to hear a 2000, 22nd of July 2000 IMDb review? I want to shut the door, but I want to hear about Chicken Run 2, I think. All right. Okay, he's back. Chicken Run 2, it's coming out. It was announced on... Ah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Chicken Run 2 is happening. I thought this story was going to be Chicken Run 2 was forever in the works and never going to happen. No, it kicked up around 2018-19. It's going to be released on Netflix. Right, interesting. Yes, but interesting. Is Mel Gibson back? He's not back. And they, they on the Wikipedia, it cites the reason he's not back is because of comments, anti-Semitic comics, comments he made in 1995 which you may also recognize as five years before this film coming out. So, he was cancelled before, but, you know. I think Mel Gibson has consistently proved himself to be unworthy Shit. of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine, you know that, in Bojack, that guy that he befriends towards the end of the last season? Mm. That's I always imagine him as Mel Gibson, which I imagine is who he was yes. based off in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing. Or Alec Baldwin, I thought, but I guess Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. He's living the good life still. He's, he's yeah. He's the boss, baby. <laughs> he's the boss, baby. That is the most, re- it's the number one most reviewed letterbox. 
Both really? In terms of score. No, obviously not. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like in terms of logins. I thought it was a letterbox meme. Um, but on July 10th, 2020, Ginger's voice actress, so Julia Sawala, made a statement revealing Ardman's intention to recast her character, stating she is now considered to sound too old. And she commented, I have officially been plucked, stuffed, and roasted. Pretty shit. I actually, I actually feel like I've heard this now that it comes up, you know? Do you think that's a bit shit? A lot shit? Look, to be honest, how old are chickens supposed to be? I don't care. This is a Who's film... Gonna... And here's some teasers Based for on integrity. Up. This is a film based on... No, I'm serious. This film is built upon, like, um, feminism and, you know, appropriate body representation. This is the animation film that isn't hypersexualized, as we referenced before. And this is featuring chickens of all shapes and sizes cooperating. I like this reading. You haven't... You honestly didn't think this? I absolutely thought this. You thought it was a feminist mainstay or whatever? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, you know, it absolutely nailed... Like, I'm not saying it's, like, above and beyond, but I'm saying that it absolutely holds up 21 years later with no amount of, like, cringe. Okay. And yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. And the idea, I, I like, guess... it's all about, like, females working together. And even the man is, like, a, a letdown and a bit of a, a shithead. And there's good gags played at his expense sort of stuff. But this is a film built upon a female character leading the charge. Well, I, I would... The female cast entirely, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I guess I didn't really think about that. Yeah, even the the main villain, female character. All the men in this are dumb. Yeah, they're, they're roosters. Or hopeless. What do they do? They don't lay eggs, they don't do nothing. Wow, now you know. All right, okay, I also want to... Well, like, uh, just that they're, they're going to have a different director for 2020s, the, the new one. It's going to come out this year, I think it's a... Um, but yes, it's exciting. Um, another thing about the company generally now. So, the the company is obvious. Ardman Animations is still going, going successfully. Um, they've since done films. Uh, I might as well just get the list up properly. I was looking. There's been a, the Wallace and Gromit film. The, there's been. You mean the Were Rabbit? The Were Rabbit. Yep. Um, there's Early Man. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not like as iconic as this, but it's good. Mm. They play soccer um, against developed people. The Pirates? The Pirates, correct. What's it called? The Pirates. I think it's called The Pirates. It's like Pirates, a pirates band of in, and it, something. In an adventure with scientists. So, in 2000, we have Chicken Run. In 2005, we have Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. 2006, we have Flushed Away, which was digitally animated to look like stop motion. 2011, wow. we have Arthur Christmas, which I haven't seen. That's a computer animated one, I believe. Yeah, it is. The Pirates, In an Adventure with Scientists. I do not think that is what that got released as over here, because I've never heard... Anyway, Shaun the Sheep, Early Man, and then Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon, which came out in 2019, <laughs> which sounds pretty amazing. Um, I haven't seen Shaun of the Sheep. Shaun of the Shaun Sheep. Of the sheep. <laughs> Shaun the Sheep. Um, they're all pretty successful box office wise except for early man so where rabbits 30 mil versus 194 and then flushed away was made on 149 and made 178 so not very great but still pretty good well not very no not good at all for how much 149 is but didn't you know completely fail how did they spend 149 million on that movie hugh grant (laughs) Uh, arthur christmas 100 million versus 147 mil 
Pirates, 55 versus 123. So that's where they had another success. Sean the Sheep, 25 mil versus 106. So a success. But early man flopped with 50 mil against 54.6. Is there something to be said for the ones that are sub motion doing a little bit better? Yes. Well, as it should be, I would say. Except it seems a bit man. weird that early man was unfortunate. But Yeah. But I, I think that you'd, I wouldn't go to it. It's the same thing with Ghibli, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you don't, you don't come for the for an animated version of what you want to see. It's like mm. the care, the, it's the love that was put into it, you know, the care. And like mm. watching this film, I, I was particularly paying attention to the way that they, you know, in stop motion, I guess they're simulating real camera techniques mm-hmm. and kind of admiring that, which I think is pretty cool. Yes. So Pirates was called Pirates Band of Misfits, just... Had to close that chapter because that's... What, in Australia? Outside of the UK because the book series is famous in the UK so they didn't need to do that. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's not even this cut and dry simple about stop motion though because Fantastic Mr. Fox was made on 40 mil and made 46.5 back. Isle of Dogs doesn't say it's production cost but it says it made 64.2 which is nowhere near the Ardman numbers, right? But they're different. Like, I, uh, But I'm saying uh, it's not... Stop yeah, Ardman still stop. I'm films, talking about their yeah. brands. Yeah, but Ardman is like a brand. You know what I mean? It's a distinct type of thing. Mm-hmm. And when you computer animate something to look like the real version of it, it's just like, why would you not just do the real version of it? Particularly hearing how much money they poured into those ones, it's a bit. That's whack, why you, you know? do it, though. The sad thing is that um, well, they're expensive films and they're hard films. The people who make these films are highly specialized Navy SEAL operatives who <laughs> are trained. <laughs> To, to move characters. I genuinely think there would be like a talent dearth sort of thing. But there are also other stop motion um, studios, right? There's Leica, which made um, Kubo and the Two Strings and Paranorman and Coraline and Missing Link, Corpse Bride. So the other stop motion films. But that's this is the American company. Stop motion is very much, I guess it's something that's been, that hangs around, but isn't always commanding your attention. And I think it's cool that it, it does won't die, to yeah. stick around. It's too, um, it's too charming. And it obviously has this great appeal that people love. Well, even down to... What's interesting is you get the Lego movie, which isn't stop motion, but it's made to look like stop motion. Mm-hmm. Which is like right down to... They modeled... They were scanning real bits of Lego to get like dints and chips and fingerprints on the Lego for them to animate on the computer. That saddened me when I found out it wasn't real stop motion. But it's diff. Yeah, I guess. But the animation that's obviously great. Ultimately, it's, it's like, about the effect you have, you know. And there's a difference in approach because having what saying what you just said shows that there's care in that process anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Good point. So why we watch Chicken Run? We watch Chicken Run <laughs> because because I found myself whistling the tune the da 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 da. da. Da, 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 da. which isn't even explicitly in this film because that's actually from the 1963 film The Great Escape and which this film is heavily, heavily inspired by. That's funny. So the Chicken Run melody is like a rip-off of that and the whole music of the film is referencing that and the scene where they're, t- they're digging underneath the, the hutches or whatever you'd call them is a reference to that film and I sent you the trailer today, which I'm not sure if you watched but the bedrooms look exactly like they do in Chicken Run, like the bunk beds and stuff, the dorms. There you go. I did not watch it. So the chickens are prisoners of war. Right. 
and global yeah. capitalism battle. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Like, how do you make the sequel to Animal Farm? But here we are. Well, I wonder if the what anti-capitalist message will be the basis of the the new one. It's hard to say, honestly. So I think actually, so I think I did see that the um new one will be about her daughter. So we'll see. She's she's allowed to be old then, and that means yeah. Mel Gibson's probably dead <laughs> in the story. Yes. Um. Okay. Yes. And so Mel Gibson, what'd you think? I thought he was great. Yeah, I think his voice acting was really good, and I, this is the thing. Did so you I was watching him? it. No, I didn't. Well, he's an Australian, right? So it's like apparently that's an inverted commas thing itself. How's that? He moved to Australia when he was twelve. So from where? U.S. Oh, yeah, right. He's What's like a that? flea. No, he's not. the alter- the opposite, the inversion. There's so many um weird. Oh, he's Australian things going on we don't actually have that many australian actors is i think the thing but we claim them yeah i thought he was good and i didn't recognize his voice no and then when i found out it was him i was like oh that's a shame but he's he's (laughs) doing his he's doing his um you know tim allen thank you that's exactly what i thought when i heard him i'm like i don't know who this guy is but they've made him sound exactly (laughs) like tim allen like i thought it was genuinely just a random bloke because i was like "Eh." and then mel gibson and yeah, but yeah, he's but very animated. Is, he's, he does well, do watching this when you're older. You don't even like appreciate that they have different accents necessarily. Like, I didn't remember that there was a storyline where they're all British and he's American. Like, I just didn't even cross my mind. You know? Yeah, pretty good bands. Him being Rocky Roads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so apparently the the thing where they go, uh, they're those Americans. They're always like, and that's like the. World War references, and then it's like they're over sex, they're I over something, and they're that. over here. That's mm-hmm. a um, America thing that they actually said about them in the World Wars. But yeah, it, I think a huge charm of this film is its inherent Britishness. It's nice watching a film like it. It knows it taps into the British stuff in a really good way. And reading about the interviews with the directors, they were saying that they found Rocky was a great opportunity for the film because it meant that you could frame the film in these two different perspectives simultaneously for in terms of like a commercial appeal sort of thing. Like you had American viewers latching onto him going, how strange are these Brits? And then as an Australian, I think we align with the, the with UK the thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to go, oh, these silly Americans sort of thing. Like, and him being a phony in the end, not being able to fly. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's really fun. And the accents are just iconic. Like, obviously... Like, everyone, whenever you bring up Chicken Run, you hear, I don't want to be a pa. <laughs> and then there's a few other classic quotes in there. But Yeah, there was a couple ones that I remembered. You know, when you have that instinctual reaction to say the line without realizing it's in your knowledge. Mm. Um, I remember like, when they're on the airplane and he's like, put your, yes, legs between your yes. head between your legs and kiss your bum goodbye. That was the biggest prob- thing ever as a kid. Like, people yeah. used to say that. Do, do yeah. you agree with that? I wasn't sure it was just us or what, but... Yeah, I feel like yeah. that was a thing. That was a moment. Because, <laughs> yes, I uh, I fully, like, remembered it was coming just before I went, oh, my God, that, <laughs> that's what yeah. this is from. Yeah. And the other, oh, another one was, like, when she's, like, when she slaps him, she goes, that's for leaving. <laughs> she goes, and this, and this is for coming still. back. <laughs> 
It's so like, good. Like, why was that a childhood memory? That's so funny. I was probably like <laughs> grossed out by the fact that I would kiss him, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. This is one of those pods where it's full of like trivia. So, so lap it up. But apparently they were concerned about showing chickens kissing on screen. So that's why it's a bit of a meme that you never see them kiss till the end. And even then you see it from behind of the head rather than watching two beaks well, intersect I, or something. I think that, yeah, the... Th- like is it controversial just like it doesn't look right because you you either open your beak very long and then you're like eating the other person's face or you animate like i <laughs> seem to remember yeah i seemed to remember like their beaks changing into like lip shapes or whatever kissing yes. like that but obviously that wasn't how it happened yes i had fun memories definitive <laughs> identity defining memories based on how the chickens kiss too that proved wrong ultimately <laughs> alas that's life Alas. I just think that the thing that had significantly stood out for me in this film was that I remember thinking this film was quite scary as a kid. And I think animation has a way of being really scary, but I think it's actually a real strong suit of the the genre. Well, because animation's not a genre, is it? It's a medium. But, like, animation, I love how stylized stuff is, ultimately. Every decision Mm -hmm. they're making is to promote a feeling and a mood more so than a regular film because obviously you're supposed to do that in regular filmmaking but in animation it's so uh tied into it like mrs tweedy is such a great character and like i can distinct i have distinct actually not distinct but like hazy powerful memories of like being really spooked at her hanging onto the thing with the egg on her face mm-hmm. yeah yeah like just completely as someone who's lost her lost the plot and has a big butcher's knife in their hand like yeah. right up there with james and the giant peach which i haven't seen in like I, I genuinely don't even know if I, sa- yeah. I don't think I sat through that film ever, but as like a, cause I was genuinely like four and three when I was watching this stuff because you guys be my older brothers and you would have been two when this came out. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Did I see this? I think we had it. Did we? Yeah. Well, the other thing that comes up is that we had this video game Yes. and which you linked to me and then yeah. it becomes this thing where like, I think some of the confusion maybe with this is like. You remember you can't remember what's in the game and what's in in um real life. And obviously in the video game you need to extend the story in different ways. So I remember always like being confused as a kid as to what the real story was. And like I always mm. thought, oh, you know, like the game's like the real version of it. <laughs> the best ex- the best example because it's like more content, do you know what I mean? So you just think that it's the proper version. It's expanded universe. <laughs> a big a big part of this for me. Uh, uh, one of those was getting Spider-Man 2 and I remember yes. like the climax of the game being different from the movie and I hadn't seen the movie but I played the game oh the game you know like they always release the games before the film comes out so I think yeah. that I got the game and then I was like oh yeah I know how this ends like I know what happens mm. and probably telling my friends that as well and then going to the cinema and like being different and I was like what that's not <sighs> what's supposed to happen and he's like shut it off Otto shut it off <laughs> The power of the sun. <laughs> it's self-sustaining now. Harry in that film is so good. Yes. He's As someone who image. has spent the weekend dr- like buying new clothes, like clothes to wear to <laughs> to a an office job, I just should have gone with the James Franco. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, young your haircut billionaire is looking look. very uh, James Franco from that era. Very Harry that Osborne. Is the best compl- that's the greatest compliment I can ask of. Apparently. If I can get those speed dealer sunnies or whatever he's wearing, then I'll be sweet. And the, the shit-eating grin. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the, the final one for me that was like that was, I remember Revenge of the Sith, com- Sith coming out 
and mm. Lego Star Plain Wars, Lego Star Wars yeah. was released, and I wasn't allowed to go see Revenge of the Sith because I was seven, six, mm. seven, seven, and Mum's like, you know, it's an M movie, you can't go see this, and so I was like, what do you mean? I've played the game. I know what happens. It's all good. The dialogue delivery in Lego Star Wars actually is a lot better than in the Revenge of the Sith. The movie. Do they talk? They, they don't they talk. Go like, do they? <laughs> You get a, a lot more of an expressive performance from the Anakin character, though, is what I'm trying to say. And when you're a kid, these things, like, actually matter. Because when you're older, you know, and you're concerned about, like, film, you're, like, worried about how well does the narrative work in the film? But when you're a kid, you're just, like, more information mm. is needed here. So, you have, like, the big Star Wars book, right, mm. that you have with it, and it's got more shit, and you're like, oh, well, actually, this means this because of this. And, like, that's all gold for you. Yes, I think that's it's very much a feeling that, I, like it's it's so fleeting and fleeted that you you kind of took stuff as more just like legit. You you didn't question things at all. Yeah. Because like Chicken Run, you know, I knew that she wanted to get out, and I didn't really question why she wanted to get out of the coop, and I didn't really think about her dying. Like it's it's the emotional cues that you get from the film, like the lighting and the sound effects and the music that you feel these movies. Um, but then simultaneously, like you don't really know if movies are good or bad as a kid, so it's it's really pleasant when you go back and watch stuff and you're like, oh, this actually was good. Like, I remember seeing Open Season. I think I saw it three times because I went, like, you with mean us. In, the, in the cinemas? Yeah, I went as our family. I got invited to a birthday party and went, and maybe I went with another friend or something like that. And I can remember watching that film and being like, man, I'm sort of bored. Like, Like, this isn't as good as the first time I watched it. And that was sort of my introduction to... Films aren't necessarily good. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a good point. Yeah, I, uh, I remember seeing the the third Transformers movie and being like, "Yes, wow, this is sick!" And it was like three hours of action. And then I went again with like friends, and I was like so bored. <laughs> yeah, it's so <laughs> the weird. second time. But Wallace and Gromit was sort of around in our childhood, flying on Amstar Airways, is it or Atra- Amtrak or something? Um, they had a promotional campaign with Wallace and Gromit. So we had, you know, like pencils and rulers. Yeah. Yeah. And Wallace and Gromit. And plus, like, I don't know, maybe the the channels just used to show Wallace and Gromit movies, but, like, we'd seen them, and I'd seen them a few times. Like the, I I reckon they played them on ABC or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just watch them a bunch. It's like The Great Escape and The Trouser one as well. That's another show that's kind of spooky. Like... That, like, Armin kind of got spooky, which was kind of cool. But, like, in the one with the dog, and the dog's a robot, when it's, like, skin's pulled off, it's really spooky. And as an adult, you can be like, oh, that's really cool stylization and great character design. But, um, I don't know. The conclusion, ultimately, would be that you should make kid- good kids' movies, like, because kids are smart, and they can handle good stuff. Mm. And it's rewarding when you can go back and see that these films are well-made and well-written and well-crafted, right? Because, you know, unless you've got a B-movie on your hands, like, no one cares about it if it's not a good film any yeah. later on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so watching this film, I was just taken by how much, like, I just respected the shit out of it. Like, it wasn't even a... It was kind of funny because it wasn't, like, a film that particularly resonated with me emotionally or anything. Like, it didn't move me in a way that kids' films sometimes do. Like, you know, how watching an old kids' movie, you're like, oh, man... Right in the feels. I remember thinking about this emotion when I was a kid. Like, this film, I feel like a lot of the appeal for me was the production design and the style of it. 
I what like I it almost comes across as a criticism, but I'm saying that like it wasn't it was more just it's it is this is a film where actually the spectacle is like the best part of it and it's the watching the, yeah, because the sets and the, the characters and stuff. The narrative is as kind of run of the mill as they come, I guess. You know what yeah. I mean? It's very I think simple. maybe the distinction is like what you're saying that there is real danger as opposed to like lots of kids' movies, you know. Mm. It is kind of grounded in a bit of realism, which is nice. But um yeah, go on. I always enjoyed like I remember when I first was like leaving school, high school even, and trying to figure out what I liked in films. And I like films that um have a plot that doesn't have arbitrary setbacks. And I think this film does a good job at that. It just keeps raising the stakes in a legitimate sort of way. Yeah. First of all, by developing Mrs. Tweedy as like a spooky character and you're like, oh, I hope she doesn't get caught. Who knows what'll happen? Because the dogs are kind of scary. But then it's just like, oh, no, now she actually needs to get out because all of them are going to get killed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So upping the stakes in a very natural and, you know, logical way is a huge strength of the film's simple plot. You have a review you were going to read, don't you? Yes. So for, as I referenced earlier, another you know, segue into this discussion that I was considering was an IMDb review. So, consider... I hadn't thought about this until today, but IMDb actually has the potential to be the original letterbox because there are reviews from old years on there. Have you... You mean, like, timely? Like, on... Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So, a film... Here is a film review called Simply Delightful Viewing, dated the 22nd of July, 2000, by Big Spend. And it reads like something I would write. So... As an older gentleman with a rather refined taste in film viewing, I was surprised by how absorbed I got in this elaborate cartoon-like feature. It's no mean trick to create rubber characters that you can really care about. My favourites were Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy, especially the latter. Mrs. Tweedy was the personification of evil, within the confines of a cartoon, of course, and just a thoroughly interesting character. The sets were well done, especially the Stalag or Stalag... 17 camp image notice the 17 on the meeting hut lots of british stereotype stuff which worked well which worked pretty well and kept my attention fast paced without becoming just another roger rabbit there you go reading this review as a younger gentleman with a refined taste in film reviews i'm surprised at how interesting this review is go on i clicked on this guy's thing and he only had like three reviews in 2002 he had a review for a film called searching for bobby fisher And here's how it goes. As I watch this completely absorbing movie, I'm reminded of the atmosphere by the 1972 Fischer-Spaxi match in Iceland. Literally everyone I knew that could competently execute a king's castle was playing chess every day. Novices strived to improve their games. Beginners wanted to learn to play. But even more, I was transported back to high school as a 15-year-old playing on our school chess team. I held the number three spot on our five-man squad playing against other schools around the city, Los Angeles. I won my first two matches, then faced a kid like Josh's opponent in the final climax. Like that kid, my opponent was a steely-eyed adult in a kid's body. But unlike Josh, I failed to beat this guy and our team didn't win the tournament. But it was an experience I'll never forget. And I am grateful to this film for giving me a reason to remember it all. Nine out of ten stars. This guy is awesome. I'm Bravo. sure he's trans- <laughs> I'm sure he's moved over to Letterboxd. What's his name? His name's Big Spend. But he's Big Spend. an older gentleman, so... Big spend if you're it's... listening. I hope you're still out there. <laughs> I hope you're still writing. And yeah, if okay, if you so wanna this says stuff about 
I think this says more about the state of the internet in that. So, like, nowadays we're on Letterboxd and talk about, you know, that's all we do. We're always plugging it on the pod. Um, so, I haven't gotten many followers, if any, but continue. Well, what I, so, the thing is that, like, IMDb in 2000 was no doubt quite fresh and I'm sure plenty of people who were film aficionados like Big Spend over there took to the internet and gave well-thought-out reviews and that sort of stuff, you know? It's only now that IMDb is the most, you know, it's the generic baseline movie thing that people check that it's obviously been diluted that it's not really reliable in any sort of sense or at least the culture of it doesn't reflect the sort of thing that we'd be looking for like and the thing is i'm sure there's plenty of people on letterboxd which has been around for a long time who hate the way the culture has turned out on that and want to go somewhere else for their their criticism of film so it's just interesting i think do you remember going to looper i think it was um no it was surrogate the bruce wells movie yeah. And then we went to Dad's office, and right. one of his colleagues was like, "Oh, what movie did you see?" And I'm like, "Surrogate," or and he's like, "Oh, let me look it up." And he goes, poof, 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 "Punches in like, Surrogate on the internet, huh?" And what? It's like a five. Uh, yeah, probably. But I just remember being like, "Wow, look at this internet and the the power of the world at his fingertips," <laughs> which also led me to thinking about downloading Dragon Ball Z GIFs in the early 2000s. It wasn't even the early 2000s. It was probably like 2005. Oh, mid-2000s. And we got I got viruses and stuff, and it's like, man, I don't know. This was just a nostalgic experience, this film, taking me back to a few different places, of course. So, let's talk technical for this film a little bit. So, one of the trivia points on IMDb was that this film was shot at 20 frames per second instead of 24 to save costs. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty interesting if that's true, but it also sounds a bit like horseshit. So, I downloaded a video of the chicken run, imported to Premiere Pro, was going through frame by frame. No, this guy is just a lying chump on the internet. It is not animated on 20 frames per second. Because I'm like, that means that, what, they're duplicating one frame, like four frames within a 24, like one second? That just sounds dumb. Um, so, I looked it up. Tell that anecdote about James Cameron cutting the frames from his film. I I feel like I have, but we watched a documentary at uni um, on editing, and (laughs) it was from the 90s or early 1000s, and it was James Cameron. God rest his soul. (laughs) Um, Because I'm about to roast this man. (laughs) Uh, He goes... So I was talking to my editors, and they're like, the film is three hours, James. We've got to cut it down. And so I said... What about if we just cut every second frame? Why don't we do that? We could save half the film's runtime. And we did. And it looked terrible. <laughs> so I have so much more respect from the editors than I ever did before. This anecdote makes no sense to me on multiple levels. So but if you're cutting you every frame... It, to be fair. No, it's funny. It's hilarious <laughs> to me that a filmmaker would do that and then say that, like, you know, James Cameron's meant to be the guy. And I guess he's like... You know, he's meant to be the innovation guy or whatever. Mm. But mm. it's like, if you're cutting every second frame and you're cutting every other bit of... Like, you're cutting the sound as well, like the other information I think you're trying to turn to an animation because the film... Like, Chicken Run actually... Man, I, I am talking like I'm drunk, but I'm completely sober. <laughs> but Chicken Run just gets me giddy like that. Um, but the film, going through frame by frame, changes your perspective on it a little bit because um, I had heard of this technique before, but... That's, I don't know, a, a brag for my own ego's sake. But there's a thing called animating on ones and animating on twos. 
I'm sure you can guess what it means. You're animating and you're doing each shot for each frame once before moving it? Animating on ones means if you're animating... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you just said, but animating on ones means that if you're animating at 24 frames per second, they move every frame, right? That's what I said. That's what I meant. And then animating on twos means you hold each frame twice. second frame. No, it's actually a different... It's a little different. You move on every second frame. So what that means in Chicken Run, because Chicken Chicken Run is animated on twos. So what it means is that... So it's a bit smoother looking? They'll, they'll only move every second frame. But in the instances of camera movement, so, for example, I was watching the clip where they go into the pie machine. It starts mm. with Rocky walking, stepping into the, the room to watch what's going on below. And the camera comes from a low angle to a high angle. But the camera itself moves every single frame, but the animation, the character model only moves every second frame. Is this even in scenes where the camera is not moving? Yes, yeah. It sounds weird, but ultimately it's a stylistic choice because, you know, I guess you could argue it was a cost or whatever choice ultimately, but at this stage it's a stylistic choice because films like Paranorman and Kubo are animated on ones. This also relates a little bit to Spider-Verse, which is like the most famous animation movie ever now. Like everyone has a bit of trivia about Spider-Verse or everyone's trying to tell you how good Spider-Verse is. And it is Are you going to tell the, the part? Um, there's this thing that's like, you've heard this, right? Young Peter, young Miles, sorry, <laughs> young Miles, there's a segment where they're all swinging through the air and I'm going to mess up the logistics of it, but the main idea is that young Miles, who is not as equipped with his spidey skills, is moving every second frame or he's something. Oh no, he, th- Sorry, he's animated on twos and everyone else is animated on one, so it gives this impression that he's like... Or I think the different in- characters do it differently based on which universe they're from as well. So, I think grown Peter is maybe everyone, and then Miles is on twos or something like that. But the uh, ultimate effect, like, that's actually such a great example. Make it clear to the audience what this is, what's happening then. So, it means that if they're swinging through the air, Miles is staying in the same spot for two frames, whereas grown Peter is moving, like, because they're still going to be covering the same distance, so... Let's say they're moving like across a quarter of the frame in two, a, a quarter of the the image in two frames. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles will still Miles will just do a bigger jump between his two frames, whereas Peter will have one step in between or one move. So it's in not between. as smooth looking. Yes, but it's actually a great example, obviously, because it means that you can see what the effect of the animation is in two, like comparatively. And I've since seen videos on Reddit stop motion that people will animate on different cues to have different effects so a big one is where if some a character doesn't need to move much like they're blinking or they're just staring and they're not saying anything you'll animate on twos instead of ones to make it look like the character slowed down or something like that another one is if they're in the distance they'll move at twos because if they're moving at distance they're smaller in the frame so it's different Mm -hmm. yeah which is the thing about stop motion that's so cool it's just thinking that every f- frame is a photo is something that never ceases to amaze me conceptually, you know? Like, as someone who creates things and thinking that I would do something so meticulous, you know, it blows my mind. And it shows you the sort of person that I am versus the people who do animation and love the craft that much, I guess. Yes. But it's, I, it's something you can't help but really respect, I think. 
this is the part where I say that I used to be a stop motion editor, animator in my youth. Always had. What were you animating on? <laughs> Ones or twos? <laughs> Ones, Threes or fours? I think. Oh, uh, actually, I can't really say. It might have been twos because I used to. So, like myself and a friend, Aaron, were obsessed with stop motion, and we used to animate stop motion Lego. Actually, before that, Dad taught me about stop motion, but we used to do it in a janky method, which was using a a digital video camera and pressing record and turning off as soon as you could. So it would probably end up being animated on fives or something. Um, but yeah, like it was just so cool that you could use your toys to tell stories. Like I was so obsessed with that idea. Um, if you ever get famous, you know, that'll be the part of the documentary where people really connect with you and the okay, vision. Here we go. So I remember dad was filming me making stop motion and he's like, oh, we'll film this for the documentary. And I'm like, the one about me getting famous or something. He's like, no, what are you talking about? The one about me or something like that. And it was this meta moment. And ever since I've always like, thought, like I remember even at 12 when I was animating and 13 and being like, ah, when I get big, I'm going to have all the best quotes to leg- legacy size my history, you know? Um, you want to hear a, f- a funny, this is an anecdote that directly involves you. This is an anecdote um, pod, so keep going. <laughs> so... When we were younger, we went on holidays and Tom was like, Tom has always been like a very oh, no. performative young man. Um, okay. Well, I mean, if it's making you embarrassed. No, but it's we're, fine. Anyway, I mean, like, so we're in I, Queensland and we're in a pool. We've got a few angles this could go, actually. We're in, Queen, we're in Queensland and we're in a swimming pool and there's like band singing songs. And Tom, who's like six, walks up and says, ask was, if you can sing a song. Uh, yeah, I or think five. I six. Yeah, five or six. And so... Tom, five years old, sings What About Me on the microphone to like the crowd full of people at the hotel just like trying to enjoy their day. And it was like hilarious and very cute. And the guy was like playing the shaker in the background as Tom was singing and everyone cheered and it was amazing. And I remember like it being really funny, but then like being the person who for some reason, who imagined them being the music man, I was like jealous and I was like... Really? Yeah, I was like... You were already the music man. In my head I was, I guess. Damn. I was really into Black Eyed Peas, so naturally I thought that mm-hmm. it would be my career. And I remember okay. being jealous, like, you know, that was like, you know, that's like the moment that you have, like, where you're going to be a star, you know what I mean? And I was like <laughs> mad that I didn't have that moment. I've never heard this side of the story. This is a dark, a dark truth that I've never <laughs> revealed <laughs> until yes. now. Yeah. Well, please, I'm sorry. I owe it to you. I liked. And it was I pretty cool being a kid. I blame it for my lack of success. It was pretty cool being a kid and having plot armor. Is all I got to say. <laughs> like the fact that I could go up to a band and go, "Hey, can I sing?" Like Im- imagine that sheer arrogance now. <laughs> like it would not play the same way. But you know, I was. It's because you're cute and you're young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to bring this back to, so I did animate, and you can still find my videos on YouTube. At least some of them. If you look up Game Time Studios on YouTube. My dunk video. So, I actually think... Okay, here's a hot take for you. I genuinely think I have the best NBA Lego animation. And I still believe that. I always look... At, well, because stuff comes up every now and then where some guys animated, like, highlights of the of NBA. And they were animating on twos. And I was animating on ones. And I did a Lego dunk contest. And it hasn't been uploaded to the web because it never got finished. But... I was doing some crazy shit. I was doing green screening on Corel Paint Shop Pro, not Adobe. Like, have have you seen these clips? They're pretty good. You should upload them to the EOR podcast channel. Yes, maybe. But 
Game Time Studios, Shaq posterizes Anton Anton Walker, and Iverson breaks Kevin Bryant's ankles. Look them up. Those are those are the prototypes. I got better, and I'm saying that I'm sitting on like a vault of footage that was better than that. And you gave up. You got to leave at the top. All the schoolwork. <laughs> I can remember with Aaron like uploading stuff to YouTube and being on YouTube and refreshing the page, trying to get your views up. and Something binge. that you do till this day. Yeah, it's amazing how many views Minari has on YouTube. Um, but also the shameless self-promotion, going on other people's films and being like, my animation's better. <laughs> and yeah, but, yeah. you would actually get I, views from it. I wish, yeah. Because the thing is, I, I often... If I'm like watching a music video and someone comments like, hey, this is great, man. I, my dream is to collab. Check out my thing. You know, I just click on it and you I do. don't know why, it but works. I do it. It works. And I listen to it. And you it's... want to laugh because it's such a meme now. It's like, oh, bro, just check me out. Oh, I wish the I could have ones, as many views as you. The funniest ones are like nowadays on Facebook. People have like a verified tick and they'll comment on like Drake's, you know, some random Drake post. And they'll be like, Hey, bro, hope you're having a good day. You know, like random shit like that. And what then about Dunky? Like... All of Dunky's comments are full of verified ticks, all the top comments, and mm. it triggers me. It's like, oh, cool. Like, I respect it because it's like Dunky's... You're kicking out, you're kicking out all the, the authentic YouTube users. So basically, comment, comment on any of our videos and we'll reply and we'll appreciate it. Yeah. Comment on our videos and say, hey, bro, would love to collab. <laughs> it would be a highlight. If you want to collab, we will collab. We'll Whatever that collaboration collab. may be. Yes, genuinely. So the reason that you know that it's a stylistic choice in Ardman, the animating on twos, is because in moments they will also animate on ones. So in the in the pie scene, Rocky lands on the conveyor belt and Ginger's hanging upside down and Rocky's trying to get to her. And you know how he slips at the start? As he's slipping on the conveyor belt, he's animated at once. So, it's a, it's a different effect. That's how you can see the difference. Mm-hmm. The pie scenes are... The pie sequence in the pie machine is pretty damn good. Yes, it's a great scene. Obviously, strong, strong um, Raiders of the Lost Ark referencing. Leaving the hat. But the, I love... The, the what I really like, like about kids' movies is that they can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, you know, animated films like... It's an animated like new, film thing. Yeah. Mostly. And everyone, it's, you know what it is? It's like, it's like adult pleasing. It goes, let's put this one in for the adults. But you know it, what you they've know? done now? They've kidified grown-up movies. Marvel. Marvel. That's what they do. They thought... You're right. Oh, guys, do you remember Indiana Jones and Back to the Future? They were pretty good, weren't they? Oh, Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> that one's good. I respect that. Captain Marvel. Big win for the Marvel business. Two and a half stars. Three stars. <laughs> Three stars, yes, yeah, sorry. You, you um, like Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Homecoming. That's it, right? I like Spider-Man. Spider-Man is far and away Marvel's best character. So, I'll continue with some trivia if you want. Um, How much trivia is there? Because A lot of trivia. It's a trivia-heavy that, movie. Okay, let's let's smash out the trivia and then talk about the plot. The <laughs> okay. yeah. this, is, this is obviously a different kind of pod. This is a pod where... You're hanging out with Nick and Tom <laughs> talking about Chicken Run. So, strap yourself in and let's move on, on twos. This is um, Ego Hour Online. This is Ego Hour Online. This is Ego so. Hour Online. Um, so, we're not, um, you know, we don't have to please the advertisers or anything. We are unhinged. Yeah, exactly. The Academy Award for Best Animated Feature didn't exist until one year later. 
I feel like this film was How does that make sense? Creating this. Guess. Okay, so obviously you're thinking, what do you think won the first? Shrek. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. So it won the award in 2002 for 2001. Shrek, yeah, is up there. Shrek's wow, that's a good, good couple of years of animation. Yeah, um, I think you actually had to be a good filmmaker to make an animated movie this early on in the game, though. Because yeah, Toy Story is the first computer-generated film. That's 95. Toy Story... So, like, Pixar genuinely owned the field for a while there. Like, there wasn't animated feature lengths yet. And then we get to the 2000s. So, like, all the, the Disney, anim- like, you know, 2D films just didn't get awards or, like, weren't actually treated as cinema? That is, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? I guess they were novelty for so long. But yeah, it's crazy that like Toy Story, and I think this film genuinely was a cultural moment. Like to earn two hundred million is pretty huge. What one best picture in two in two thousand and one was it? Like I'll American it Beauty or something? I look it up. So Nick seconds ago just asked me what the best um, <laughs> the best picture winner was in two thousand and one for the year of two thousand. The nominees were Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Chocolat, and the winner was Gladiator. AKA, not as good as Chicken Run. Yeah, who's still talking I'm, about yeah. Gladiator? Have, who's, have, still, who's still talking have about Chicken Gladiator? Run? <laughs> I haven't, actually. Joaquin Phoenix Yikes. is in Gladiator. Joaquin Phoenix is an interesting man. All of his performances have aged interestingly. Because I think he has a very intense face and like you see him and you're taken to him at his Joker now. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't, I don't associate him with Joker as a baseline. I, I, I'm very much or more, the master, I guess, but I'm more PTA Joaquin than, than anything or Johnny Cash, I guess. Uh, yeah. Johnny Cash, but he is such a good Johnny Cash because he like is Johnny Cash in that. I feel like he, he rises above Joaquin in that film. Anyway, so on November 9th, 2018, Ardman announced that the heads of the company, Peter Lord and David Sproxton, would be transferring majority ownership of the company to its employees in order to keep the company independent. Bit of trivia, bit of fact, pretty wholesome, do you reckon? <laughs> yep. That's good. I like that. I like that. Bit of trivia, bit of fact, and a whole lot of wholesome. A whole lot of heart. Um, the, the company's name means nothing, according to Peter Lord. It is a, a smash together of the words Aardvark and Superman. Aardman. There you have it. Right. It, within the pie machine, there was going to be another Indiana Jones reference where Rocky was going to come face-to-face with a chicken skeleton inside the machine. <laughs> Would have been a bit weird. Edgy. Um, it doesn't his... make sense logistically because no one's been killed in the machine yet. Well, know? he said they bought a used machine. How cheap is that? Was originally the line. Oh, right. I feel like that would have been forced in it, so I'm glad they cut that. Here, this one's pretty hilarious. John Sherian's character, the circus man, his initial power was a lot bigger, but the, he was eventually cut down to what he currently exists with a single line of dialogue, sure. <laughs> and he was flown from America just to do the part. How funny is that? He got paid. Yep. Um, at its peak, the crew consisted of 200 people. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Good for jobs. Stop motion. Good for jobs. Well, not really. Two thousand is policy. 
It's not Mission Impossible 8, you know. Yeah, true. An animator would be pleased with shooting six seconds of footage in a week. Industry norm. Um, Mel Gibson was intrigued by the role because his kids were Wallace and Gromit fans. That's why. Good that's for Mel Gibson. Let's do some story. So, how long do you think it takes Arben to realize other things? Like, if it took five years, you know, wait, what, 20 years for them to be offended by Mel Gibson's anti-Semitic <laughs> comments? <laughs> What else are they just finding out right now? Uh, they've got this really good lead for the next film. Kevin Spacey will be voicing um, the male protagonist in Chicken Run 2. Classic. Well, let's let's snap to it. Let's get some some film analysis <laughs> done on this film <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I was amazed at how intense the themes are of this film. Like, they murder it. They murder. Like, the stakes are that she will die. Pretty intense, pretty heavy. I will relate this to the thing. We watched this Lessons from the Screenplay about Wes Anderson and they were talking about how the stakes in Moonrise Kingdom are that actually that someone can die. And it has led me to think while watching this like how you've got a kid's movie, how like in that movie, you know, and Wes Anderson's like consciously acknowledging like whether a character can die in a film that he's making. And to have a kid's movie and to kill, like, a chicken in, like, what, the first, like, 10 minutes or something like that is pretty legit, you know? Yeah, okay. Another reason I think this film has to do with gender issues and body stuff, the fact that these hens are evaluated based on their ability to lay eggs. That seems pretty pretty symbolic, don't you reckon? Yeah. Have you found any literature on this? What is no, big... I- uh, maybe I need to do the, the dive into EBSCO host and search chicken run <laughs> feminism. Yeah. But Well, so anyway, the whole ties of this film thematically have to do with World War Two and stuff, right? Like with the whole escape in prison of war sort of thing. And I think I read somewhere that there's like this link or maybe it was in a video, but it, it's this link because there are like behind the scenes of this, which are pretty interesting. There is a link between the females in this film and like female industrialization within world war Two, like which is where the mm-hmm. the men were away yeah, yeah. the women were in the factory um mm-hmm. which has become a very cool like thread of this film right and yes. i don't know i guess i'm just treading around the circle because i don't have huge things to weigh in on but it is fantastic that this is a film that's promoting good representation and positive ideals like because i don't think kids movies do that kids movies Bad, like the bad ones just lean into the same old stereotypes and kids movies trade a lot on well animated films particularly trade a lot on what you've seen before mm-hmm. so it is cool that they can you know do you know what i mean like well, it, it's they cool. trade on archetypes uh, and stuff as as being a you know can reflecting reflected on the sort of things that impressed me when i was a child it's like anything with a female lead character was not necessarily in my interest because I didn't relate to them, you know, like you go and watch the Incredibles and it's like, you know, you like Dash because he's a young kid and you're like, I'm a young kid, you know? So and to think that it never crossed my mind as a kid that all the lead protagonists in this film are women except for one is, is pretty cool, I think. Hmm. And even then he's a bit sus, which like he's cowardly and like he doesn't conform to masculinity expectations completely right are you saying that <laughs> no it's not that he's he's he he's brava- he's pretending to be a stereotype that he is not you know i guess yeah who's your favorite character in this film 
I think I like Ginger. She's good. The lead. And then obviously the the one who's the joke who makes all the jokes. Babs. Who says all the dumb stuff. Babs. You you can't not like Babs. Yeah. I, I like also, the rats. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um It they're they're funny how they like like I'm glad they never do anything that's too villainous. I like that they're just sort of banter. Like, cause it's they're classic Ardman. I don't know if they're classic Ardman, but no, they yes, feel like very, feel yeah, very Ardman and very British or something like. Yeah, just the fact that they like have no consequence and they're just commentating yeah. for gags. Yeah. But yeah, and like the fact that they want, like the whole like, oh, we got a great deal thing is pretty funny. And then like them watching them trying to fly and just riffing jokes as they like fail their flying is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do love the animation in those sequences where they've got everyone doing the same thing. Like, where they've got everyone in the line doing, like, Taekwondo karate chop yeah, stuff. that's very funny. Well, what's your favourite gag? I'll... That's a huge question. <laughs> I'll, I'll start with mine. Mm. Is when Mrs. Tweedy's in the office and she goes, like, I'm tired of making minuscule profits. And then there's, like, the brochure that says, are you tired of making minuscule <laughs> profits? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> it is pretty funny how he's all, like... I told you they were working together. I told you they were organized. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is like, it's a funny movie because it's so filled with puns. And I think, like, I'm not saying, I'm saying that's funny as in, as a concept as rather than <laughs> explicitly the humor. But like, it's the type of film that would be well loved by people because of that, you know? And I didn't notice that it had a distinctly British sense of humor, but I suppose it does, right? Like, it is yeah. sort of self-mocking like i do think i do i think the british charm is that the people in british british media does have a does do a better job of not just throwing beautiful people at you and i think that's actually true in this as well you know like they're not all cool and epic they're all just sort of like baggy and yeah yeah. and there's always a joke about how they're average people like or you know yeah I, i agree with that the the spectacle of the the pie scene is like Probably the best scene. Like, it's just really awesome. Like, two-minute stretch. It's, like, such an important part of the film, right? Like, I feel like that is what holds you on and holds the children on because they do a lot of talking and not heaps of executing. So that's a, a key glue of the film, as is obviously the, the climax, which is, like, visually quite impressive. Right? The part where she swings the axe and, like, she her head is down like she's got her head chopped off. That's like such an impacting scene. Like I remember watching that when I was younger, and that being like big. Do you think that she her head was cut off? Probably. Every, I felt it every time. You know, because watching it this time, I was like, I feel like we literally just saw her head not be chopped off. Like, cause she goes, ah, like holds up the wire. Like, oh, I wonder what she's gonna do, and then and then it happens. Like, oh, it's pretty funny. But the, yeah, I do. It's a even like the. But they did a good job with, like, the space and the idea of... Like, I like how there's drama in making the ship take off by kicking over the thing. Yeah, it's those sort of things in stop... The, the, that, that moment is definitely a moment where the stop motion gets to, like, kind of go wild and be crazy, which is, like, really fun to watch. Kids always love a good dance sequence as well. Like, <laughs> when they're like, I don't know what's happening, <laughs> and then they're, like, just tapping along. Pretty great. And the characters just look so funny that it's so enjoyable to watch. Like, they look so goofy. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I do like the bit where he's like, "Who? so who? which bed's mine? And they're all like, wee! <laughs> I just found that really funny. 
in terms of spot yeah. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> We're out of time. Let's fly the coop. All right. Tom, Chicken Run, mm-hmm. 2000. What worked for you in this film? What wins is female representation. Big winner of this film. Um, I hope that my, our listeners don't think that we're like, you know, pretentiously referencing this stuff because I genuinely think this stuff is legitimate and I think it is important. I feel like the point is that you shout it out when you see it and you give credit where it's due because I think the, the point is that more often than not when you revisit older stuff, you're a bit disappointed. So if you see something that makes you happy in that regard, then it's good. Yes. Another winner is just like, good storytelling for kids um like fun jokes no fart jokes and stuff like that like intellectual intellectual comedy i suppose (laughs) puns and stuff um and but the biggest winner of all is production design and world building and like that that relates to camera techniques like some of the shots are just so impressive like the one where they are following Mrs. Tweedy walk in to investigate them as they've lined up and like the camera drops down to go behind her legs and stuff. It's like spooky as heck, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, it just looks amazing. And it, like the film, so much of me enjoying the film is just enjoying that it's like a well-crafted film and like a, a unique film. All right, what would you change? What would I change? I think that even though I've complimented the stakes raising and raising, I think I would like to see a little bit of like a different stake. The fact that it's the same stake makes it feel a little bit like you stay on the same path of the course. Like maybe some more uh, explanation or like backstory behind why they're trying to escape at the start. Do you know what I mean? Because they're instantly trying to escape. It'd be cool if there was sort of like a moment where they realized they wanted to escape or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, is that it? Ah, <laughs> uh, one thing I don't like, and this is like just a dumb reaction rather than anything else, um, is that, <laughs> yeah, this is a completely dumb opinion, but when she cuts the, the wire, Mrs. Tweedy falls back into the shed where the machine was and into the gravy machine. And it's like, it's just aren't, they, sense. aren't they like hundreds of kilometers from where they started? I guess maybe the old colonel's flying around in circles so that they don't know where they go or something like that. Yeah, that's that's my, my like, nitpick annoying thing. All right. What would you rate it? What do you rate it? R- rating this film is interesting because, like, I really, really love this film and I think a lot of people love this film. Um, and But having said that, it's not, like, the animation movie that I'm gonna die on the hill for if that makes sense so i'm not gonna give it some obscene rating that is like too high or something like that but i think this is just like a really good movie i love the succinctness of it it doesn't overstay its welcome so it actually increases its rewatchability like there's no 10 minute stretch that i hate or anything like that um the comedy's good character design is good all that sort of stuff i will be giving chicken run a force four stars there we go yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to talk, like, I like all the same things you like. I like it because it's part of my childhood. I like the animation a whole lot. I, I guess I have a similar feeling in that I think that it's not, like, something that 
ridiculous, you, you know, comparing to something like maybe Fantastic Vista Fox, where it's like that's amazing, you know, inspiring and, and something a little bit extra about it that makes you be like, this is. It's like this the, we're going the think PC stuff of it. Like there actually yeah. are like crazy emotional beats that hit you in that exactly. Film. So with this, you and I going like, how good is this for a, for a kids film, like for kids and as an adult, it's pretty satisfying at the same time. Mm. Um, I like how short it is as well, <laughs> which is which is good. Like it, th- you're right. There's no there's no section in this that overstays its welcome, which I think is from by the fact that it's a stop motion film where they just don't fuck around and like <laughs> yeah. waste your time, yeah. you know? And I think that more movies should be like around that 120 range, like yes. let's be honest. Yeah. Because if you're not going to do anything else with the storyline, and, and, and you you know, it's criticism for you, for you, but it's also like a good part. It's just like this film doesn't complicate things at all. Like there's a bit of a love story and that's it, you know, and let's just roll with it. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. Sad it's on a four, but, you know, fair enough. It just didn't, I don't know. I think, like, there's another film from this era that I'm just waiting to watch that's, like... I know what it is. I know what the best film from this era and most under... Actually, I have two candidates because they're, they're like, fairly rated, but they're, like, really, really good. Go on. Are you spoiling it or not? I don't know. Do you want me to or not? Well, by the time we get around to doing whatever film that is... Yeah, they're probably out. So, the two films that I would nominate for low-key the best films of this era... Lilo mm-hmm. and Stitch and Empress right. New Groove. Yeah. Love those I haven't films. seen either of them in recent memory, so yep. I'll let you know. They're great. Lilo and Stitch is like spectacle, oh, you know, like characters and feels. And Empress New Groove is just hilarious. Like, it's it's great. Well, it's funny, you know, this film actually is, is funny in that when you make a kid's film, you've got to have some message or moral or something like that, you know? And this is one that doesn't really say something that's an easily digestible message for kids. I think Maybe it is. Don't. It does actually. You're What's missing that? Body expectations and uh, female empowerment. Right. That's genuinely the strongest theme I could take from this film. Honestly, it's about like cooperation. So maybe that's the deep part that's missing. It's about yeah. being a team. Maybe I am a like... phony all along. This should be a five star movie in my books. Wait, now why is it a five star? Because of cooperation. Yes, and the beauty yeah. of um, accepting chickens for who they are. All right. Well, this has been a interesting pod. Yep. Because when the when the <laughs> I, I was going to say like when the lights are out, but it's not it's not ego hour late. It's ego hour <laughs> online. <laughs> when we're this plugged like, in, yeah. When we're wired in, this yeah. is what happens. This is what happens. What do we plug in? We're plugging my little bo- my letterbox L I L S I L K Y little silky. Please follow I, me. I think we're plugging your YouTube Game Time Studios if you want to yes, see some big stop plug. motion animation. Um, but tell us like, if you check it out, like because I don't comment. have to log into that YouTube channel anymore. But we'll comment on that. We'll be refreshing. Yes, yes. I'm gonna be that guy who's like, "Hey, I uploaded this video 15 years ago, but I don't have my password anymore." You know when you say that? Pretty classic. And I just want to say thanks for the support. It means the world to me. The comment I didn't make was that um, I absolutely am going to make a stop motion movie in my life. Whether I don't know if it's a long form stop motion, but it's going to happen. Like, I just love this shit way too much. It's good to hear.
All right. Thanks for your time. This has been another classic. Wait, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Ego our podcast. <laughs> I don't want to be a pie. Another classic or a fresh one. If we knew what we wanted, you'd be useless. Tell us what's in. Tell us who's done. Another antique shipwreck you spun. It's a Friday.